I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. And we back. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? We are back. We took, it feels weird saying we took the weekend off, but we always normally take the weekend off. So it's not even off. This is not, this is when yeah. we don't put podcasts out normally. We just went yeah, on that huge. Monday. We went on that huge like free agency draft dash where we did, we did twenty seven podcasts in twenty five days. Quite, there are maps yeah, podcasts that don't do twenty seven podcasts in the, during in the season. Year. Yeah. No, <laughs> um. So yeah, we're back to the Monday through Friday format and all of that stuff. I actually have I actually have a story from today. So. My wife and son, they've been in Brazil for the past three weeks and they come back today as you're listening to this. So I'm super happy. Probably. Well, yeah, I'm super happy on Monday because I've been counting down towards this. My dog. All right. I love my (laughs) dog. I love my dog to death, but she has obviously been missing my wife and my son also. So I'm at my other job this morning. I'm about to take the stage to uh, speak and I check the camera in in my house. You said my other job. (laughs) and my main job and i checked the camera in my house and my dog is just sleeping on the couch i'm like sweet she's doing good no big deal i get done speaking walk off the stage check the camera again and my dog is tearing up my couch like my (laughs) couch is being ripped to shreds okay there's fuzz everywhere and there's literally nothing i can do about it because nobody's at home i don't have anybody can stop by my house and it's the, like, it's torture. I'm just watching my camera and watching my, my dog and I do the little microphone and I'm like, and here's, here's the thing on top of it that you'll get a kick out of too. My dog's name is honey. So I step outside of my church. I'm outside on the sidewalk, holding my phone, yelling, honey, stop it. And people have to be thinking that I'm talking to my wife. Yeah, dude's yelling who, at his wife over the yeah, phone. Yeah, I'm like, dude, who is this guy who's yelling at his wife, telling his Hadell, honey, stop it. And I'm really yelling at my dog. My <laughs> dog does not stop. And it was useless. So then, yeah, I was so frustrated. I, I, I've never felt so helpless in my life. I'm like, I can't even stop this. It was dumb. But then uh, when you came home, that picture, you sent me was pretty funny. Yeah, I came home and I didn't even have to say anything. Yeah. I just walked in the door. I walked over to the cushions. Like there are cushions in the floor and like fuzz and stuff out. And I and she literally just knows and she went and hid underneath this <laughs> table and just stared at me because she knew right she was away. in trouble. Just knew right so away. So anyway, there you go. There's my life update that none of you care about. <laughs> people care. Some people care about it. I cared about it. All right, on the podcast today, on a Monday, man, we back on a Monday. I hope you guys are having a great day at work. Whoever's at work right now, you can do it. Just one more, one more. I got it. Another one. I don't know. Another hour. Do something. Do something nice for somebody today. I challenge you without telling them that you did it. 
Yes, without telling them that Nick and Isaac from Lockdown Mavs. No, no, no. You can you. tell them. You can if they find out that it was you. You can tell them it was motivated by the greatest Mavericks podcast that you've ever listened to. You can tell them that, but <laughs> <laughs> don't tell them it was you. <laughs> we can take credit. Yes. They don't. They, they can't serve somebody that you would never have served before. Normally, do something cool for somebody today. Cross somebody you up can, that didn't you can, expect it. You can like DM us and let us know if you did something really cool for somebody. I'd oh, be yeah, that's cool. I'd like yeah. to hear it. Let's get some more positivity out there, especially after the off season. Yes, we need it. <laughs> so uh, speaking of that, on the podcast today, we're doing an off-season overview. At this point in the off-season, it feels like the Mavericks are done. I feel like if the Mavericks make another move, it would be a surprise, right? I don't think that that's a stretch saying that. Um, the signings have all been done. The Porzingis signing is official. You know, All the, sign- all the re-signings are official. The guys are brought in. Cap space is gone. There's uh, you know, maybe the trade exception still to work with, other things like that. But for the most part, I think the Mavericks are standing pat with this team going into the season. Some things could change. The Iguodala thing is still in flux, probably. The Chris Paul thing is still in flux. Not that the Mavericks are going to get Chris Paul, but there's uh, there's other things that they can do. So uh, we wanted to go through and just take a holistic look at the offseason and say, okay, how did the Mavericks improve this team? What are the Mavericks now going into the season? And uh, how do we feel about the offseason now that all the emotion and the drama of, you know, we're two weeks now removed from free agency. We are, you know, three weeks removed from the draft. We're, we're far removed from these things now. And so I wanted to just do a look back and to review the offseason. So First off, we're going to try to give some some grades on different things and just look through all the moves uh, and discuss them. So the first thing we're going to look at is did the Mavericks improve this team and what grade? So if we were to look at, if we were to look across the league, we would say the Clippers would get an A+. (laughs) They improved their team dramatically. They went from, you know, a team without any stars to two stars, kept their depth, did all these things. That's definitely an A+. Uh, Honestly, I still think the Lakers get an A plus. They they got Anthony Davis, right? Like that is still an A plus. I'm I'm doing a video on A D right now and he was I mean he was honestly just as good as Giannis around the rim. And Giannis was like historically good around the rim last year. And he can shoot a, just a little bit better than Giannis can and uh he's a little bit bigger than Giannis, which is just wild. Uh less athletic obviously. There's differences obviously, but just in that aspect I think that uh, he was just as good as the MVP, who that was his thing that he was the best at last year. So uh, they added that guy. So those those teams would get like an A+. Plus. But what do we think the Mavericks did and how they improved their team? Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to land on like a letter grade because then you, when we say, hey, like is an A+, plus propel you so much up into the rankings you know does utah get an a plus i think they do because you add mike conley and bognadovich and, and ed davis there's and- context involved too you know just because you didn't add a star i mean conley is as close to a star as utah is probably going to get you know in, in a trade yeah. or in free agency but just because you didn't add a star doesn't mean you can't do well right like there's we're grading on a curve a little bit yeah, but but like Houston, I would give uh, like B plus A minus because it, I think I give it incomplete. <laughs> Houston, yeah, I just gotta see it. That that is just such a confusing uh, I, thing. I have no idea what to think about that. Still, it's confusing. But I think Westbrook's a better player than Chris Paul. And Agreed. I, I, yeah, uh, I think that'll be fine. I think they improve their team. So now I think there's also. Um, when you're looking at letter grades and giving you know these teams too, because then you look at people like Memphis. 
Memphis is still going to suck this year, but did they improve their team by getting John Morant and Brandon Clark? Yeah, they improved, but they also lost still, Mike Conley. So then there's that you had to include in that. Yeah, too. but they still they're still going to be in the cellar. So I give I give a letter grade based off I think if they're if they prove enough to where they're going to go up in the standings some, and so for the Mavericks, what would have warranted for them an A plus? Uh, Kemba Walker. Yeah, I think Kemba. Okay, so yeah, Kemba Walker. Would get? Would he have given them a uh, an A plus for Tobias Harris? If they could do Tobias Harris and then still get like Seth, or even if they could still swing somehow Delon Wright, like if you could have done that, that's still an A plus. I think in the context of this team. You did, you did yeah. pretty much the most that you could possibly do to improve your team. I think that's I think that's what we're talking about engraving on a curve. The, the Jazz did the most they could possibly do to improve their team. And uh yeah, and that that warrants an A in my opinion. Yeah, so just the in the <laughs> the Knicks. Oh my gosh. They did the um, most in a different way. But like but like Minnesota. I wouldn't say Minnesota you know they wouldn't get a high letter grade as far as improving, right? No, they they'd probably get an F. They did not improve their team. Yeah. I mean, they got Jared yeah. Culver. That does improve their team uh, a little bit, and it improves their you know their long term outlook. Uh, but I don't think they improved their team right now. Yeah, so like that that's kind of uh, if you're trying to compare them. Uh, pair of two teams so dallas where would dallas land we obviously didn't get one of the bigger names of free agency we came away with delon wright seth curry boban and we brought back our you know our restricted guys so did dallas get better yes how much better um i would land at the b minus see i would go c i would just go solid i'd just go solid c okay c plus B minus. No, that's where. I'd no, be. I would go C. Just, just a strict C. Just, I think that there is the Mavericks did do things that improved their team. I think Delon Wright does help improve their team from where they are at the start of the season. I think, yeah, keeping Kristaps Porzingis for five years. But I feel like in all the moves that they made, there was just things that could have been better. I think if Porzingis, okay, had, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, I think based off roster additions, yes, I, that I should go down to the C spot, C spot. Because when I think of improvement, I, a lot of that is based off Porzingis being healthy and playing. Yeah. So I think that plays in. So, as, yeah, so I'll switch my grade. I'll switch it to the C, C plus area as far as improving new roster additions in DeLon, Seth, and Boban. Yeah, C plus for me. <laughs> plus some people said that i was the optimistic one yeah i I think that they they did things that improve their team i think delon and seth curry for looking at just how they improved their team and i still i still do consider porzingis because we haven't seen him play yet i still consider porzingis a move for the offseason and inking him to the five-year deal i think you know comes in and improves the team but i think what i was saying earlier is there's there's ways that they could have done these things better uh you know the porzingis deal i think that well i get that's i guess that's a different situation yeah i guess i think that's a different thing just so just strictly improving the team then (laughs) we go back to that uh yeah i'll go with a c uh they got a little bit better in in some areas but i don't think they got overall better yeah in free agency improving the team 
Yes, uh, because then you're in, then you're factoring in, you know, Maxi and Dorian getting better and Porzingis kind of like your guys coming back yeah, as far as that improving the team. So like new roster additions, I give it the C plus. Uh, I I like Delon Wright and Seth Curry and Boban's fit. I think they fit. It's just you know how much. How much will their impact propel in wins? I would give the percentage more towards Porzingis being at a high level, more towards you know what one of those guys will bring because it a lot of it's going to hinge on what Luca, the level that Luca and KP is going to be at this year. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, let's dive in some of these other areas of the uh, of the offseason, how the Mavericks added to their team, how they use their resources, length of contracts, things like that. All right, Isaac, so the next category that we came up with is use of resources. How did the Mavericks, they, they went into the offseason with, you know, $30 million. They had all these different options they could do. They had trades that could be made. They did all these different things uh, to set that up. And so the use of resources, and I think this is where fans get the most upset. I think even if they would have got – if, if this is where fans got most upset because they didn't use them in the ways that, you know, maximize yeah. their resources the most, right? Um, I'm going to go, I think use of resources, I'm going to go D, I think. Okay. I'll go with, I'll go with C minus just to keep it at a C <laughs> instead of a D, mainly because of them preserving the trade exception. Because, mm. yeah, I think this would be the lowest grade for people because there is the concept of, hey, this is no matter how we feel that Dallas um, saved a little bit with some of their moves, and we'll talk about some other cat because then one of the next categories I have them at an A in, but there still is the sentence of you had two young guys that were in this unique. You had one on the rookie contract, one that's a restricted free agent that's coming back guaranteed max deal. You had this unique window with thirty million in cap space to go out and add the third piece. And you are not even third piece, but to go out and get high quality starters alongside alongside of them and just walking away and not being able to pull that off for the reasons that we have talked about on this pod of things sometimes you can't control. Yeah, that and then not being able to get into one of these trades to, you know, so far, you know, Chris Paul's pretty much the last one to drop, but not being able to get into some of these trades to take on a, you know, a contract or something to get money. I mean, get, get money, get draft picks or improve your roster too. That's where that kind of, now, I, like I said at the beginning, C minus, why is it C minus and not like a D or an F? Because they did, you know, allocate some of those sources, you know, some of that, you know, those resources to bring in, you know, three quality pieces while still figuring out a way to keep, you know, basically 12 million of this trade exception going into the season to absorb some, you know, something later on. So uh, that's why I give them uh, that saves them from being too far. So I'll give them C minus on that. You're such a homer. How dare you? I can't believe that you would think I'm in the C's at this point. Oh man. Um, you, yeah, use of resources. We've we've done this so many times. I think this this off season. Um, but what could they have done with the with the space that they didn't? Um, there are some players out there that they could have gotten. We've gone over them. There's not a t- there's not really a ton that they could have gotten. Um, but they also didn't add anybody where you're like, dang, that's a really really good contract that they they got that player on, and uh, that guy's really gonna help. Like Delon Wright and Seth Curry 
adding them, um, Seth Curry is in an exception, <laughs> right? Like Delon Wright was brought in with a trade exception, so you then you know you factor that in. But um, the cap space was used mostly for guys that the Mavericks already had, and I yeah. just, I don't think that's the, the best way to to use that. Now maybe they just didn't find enough guys that were willing to come to Dallas. Obviously, I guess that's what did happen. Uh, and again, we've gone through the guys, and uh, it came down to like Bojan maybe. But what if Bojan just wanted to go to you know, a better team. Danny Green came down to the end. If they got Danny Green, I think use of resources goes up to like a B, right? Like you, you came yeah. in there and you got your you got Danny Green, DeLon, right? I mean, that, that might even go to an because A that, that because, because that that's the thing of like, hey, if we're going to give – we would give them an A for a Kimba or Tobias yeah. and somebody else pairing. You know, what would be a B? A B would be like Boyan. You know, one a, a B would be like Patrick Beverly and Danny Green. That's like a B plus. You know, that's solid. Maybe an A minus. I don't know if use of resources, if I would go A for Kemba and, and or Tobias Harris because you would have to give them the full max and you have to give a four-year deal to Kemba. And so – you did improve your team, but you also had to give up a lot of flexibility. You had to give up, um, you know, a lot of space on that deal. They might not be able to bring back all the guys on their team because who knows yeah. if they want to pay the luxury tax for this team. They probably would, but uh, that's the one thing we were concerned about. Uh, and giving a huge contract to a guy like Tobias Harris like that, um, yeah, it would, I don't know if that's the best use of resources. Like, it's not the the most optimal use of resources. It's probably the best they could do, and so I'd give them an A in, like, improving the team because they did the best they could with what was available yeah. to them. But, yeah. But, yeah, use of resources, I gave them a D. Um, the length and the amount of contracts. So this is just for players that the Mavericks did get. Like, what did they do with the guys that they did? And I think you alluded to this, that you are going to give them a high grade. I think I'd, I'd, I'd probably give them a B in this, too, because they did – they did really well with the guys that they they got, right? Like, they didn't do anything crazy. This is the, did they do anything dumb, right? <laughs> they didn't yes. do the Kelly Olynyk thing without getting an asset. They didn't do, um, you know, they didn't give oh, DeLon Wright like $15 million. They didn't overpay any of the guys they already had on the con, on the, uh, um, on the, the roster. I think the one hiccup that I'll have with this, and the reason why I'm not giving them an A, is the Porzingis deal. I wish they they would have done something else with the Porzingis deal where there are some incentives in there, there are some you know games played threshold. I wish I wish they didn't have a, a player option on the end of it. Like there's just things with it. Like I feel like they gave him the full max for a guy that is just you know a hundred percent gonna play as much as possible. You know all that stuff, and we just don't know if we're gonna get that from him. Maybe they're, they're probably higher on him than I am, but uh, as far as playing, because we just haven't seen him, and I wish it there's a little more protection on that side of it for the Mavs. Yeah, there definitely is a lot of trust when the details of that contract came out as yeah. far as there was no Joel Embiid type of right. injury restrictions um, like Philly did on his big contract. And, yeah, the player option on the end, you know, they, they gave him – you know, everything in that contract. And, but you know, if you're, if you're confident that he's going to be playing at a high level, once again, it comes down to the price of what's the price you're going to pay to pair two young stars in the league together for years to come. And they probably looked at it and said, Hey, we don't even want to play with this. We don't even want to play, yeah. play around with this contract. Like we want to lock these two guys in. And this is a price that we're willing to pay uh, for this, for this, I give them an a minus as far as length and, you know, pretty much quality of the contracts they handed out. 
if you look across the league, there are so many different random situations in which teams made so dumb decisions and not just like, not just teams like Charlotte, like Terry Rozier was a dumb, like signing for sure. But Charlotte's just, they're just dumb in general. Like they're like, they're not going anywhere. It's not like they were setting on all these different opportunities. They, <laughs> they like, this is like what they had D to word, do. Straight dumb. Well, they just had to like, they didn't have any too many opportunities. Like I wasn't even, yeah, like it's still dumb, <laughs> but dumb is what New York did. When you have teams like that, that have all the cap space and you can go these different routes, they gave out stupid contracts. And now they're going to be playing these rotations of these guys that are probably going to be taking minutes from these young guys that they need to be developing that will literally play into the success of their future. So that part's stupid. So when you look at the the deals that were handed out by Dallas, there's literally not a single one that I'm upset about. Like Delon Wright was the yeah. even going even doing Dwight Powell's extension, yeah. solid solid extension for what he brings from Dwight's extension for those three years at 11 million, solid. Delon Wright, I mean, every, you know, three years under 10 million each of those years. Like that's a solid move for this guy that was very impressive in Toronto, had a heck of an end of a season in Memphis, and looks like he's really coming into himself. And I love his fit, you know, alongside Luca and them. The Maxi deal, one of my favorite deals. I mean, some of the like super like I mean we talked about this. I mean, literally eight million dollars for Maxi, and then Seth Curry at seven, you know, seven a year basically over the next three years. Another so- Dorian Finney-Smith. We didn't know we didn't overpay for him to like come back. I mean, yeah. we paid, he literally starts off at 3.7 this year. And then to get Boban at, and, you know, at this buying you exception for, you know, three and a half million, like the best deal of the off season. <laughs> I mean, he's going to be your, ba- your, your banger rotation piece in that bullpen center spot that, you know, for three and a half, like all of these deals were solid, solid deals. And there's not one that we handed out. There's not a Julius Randall contract. To where we went out and spent, hey, we have all this cap space. We missed on Kimba and Tobias and all these different names. And, oh, my gosh, we got to get somebody. So, Julius Randle, do you want to come here for $20 million a year for the next you know three seasons? We didn't do that. At that point, we'd be like, man, that's that sucks. We... Man, because then we're looking at paying, we're paying $40 million to Tim Hardaway and, and Julius Randle this year. You know, that would be, you know kind of worrisome at that point they didn't do that so for the quality of contracts that they handed out both to returning players and new players i give them a minus i liked i liked what they did with that so you're you're okay with the porzingis deal i'm okay with it because i think that's the price you have to pay you can't play with that because there, once again there's gonna be people that that would be that would pay it if dallas plays around with that and says hey we want to put all these injury restrictions or we don't want to give you the player option and all that stuff and yet porzingis's agent Giannis, or you know his brother and stuff is out there talking to the clippers or all these different teams and they're like hey just what we promise you wait a year do the qualifying offer, play your butt off like Nerlens, and you know some people will give yeah, you that full max. It definitely worked out for Nerlens, <laughs> didn't it? Did he fire Rich Paul? I think he. I think there was talks, and I don't think he did. Marcus Morris and Rich Marcus Paul. Marcus Morris did for sure, did for sure. Even did though you, he got okay. the better deal, I don't understand. He but. didn't. Do you know? No, because this opens up. The, it opens back up to our conversation because that that piece that was written uh, in Boston saying that he turned down that Clippers deal that was for forty one oh, million that's true. dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's more. <laughs> 
Yes. So that would have been more total money than what he's making out. And he turned that down. And then that's when the Clippers turned and said, we'll take Mo Harkless. So then he had to take the Spurs that's deal so once he backed more, out. Though. That's like $30 million more. That's a lot. He was he was signing a two-year $20 million deal with with San Antonio. Yeah. So then he was probably going to sign at least a three-year, maybe four-year deal with, with the Clippers. For forty one million. Three years forty one is like that's that's where you're like, okay, now you're <laughs> But why Nick? He could just hit the open market no, and make it just, again. I mean he, he could. He could totally do that. Fifteen, all he has to do is do a three year what is it, twenty five million dollar deal or a two year twenty five million dollar deal? Doable. Yeah. Doable. Then he makes up for it. But so anyway, back to Porzingis. I don't think you play around with it. You want everything to be on perfect terms between you, and you don't want to risk not pairing him with Luca for the next potential decade. So yeah, you do it. Okay, it's not ideal, but we don't know what was said on Porzingis's side. You know, we we have no clue. We assume everything's perfectly fine and great and everything. But what if they, what if that was their thing? They're saying, hey, we want to be here and everything, but we want to see that commitment right here, right now in this contract and. I don't think you blink at that. You say you do it. And if worst case scenario, like Porzingis, you know, his leg doesn't heal all the way. He ends up being a guy that just can't play more than 30 games a season, right? Like he just keeps re-injuring himself, something like that. Uh, The team is kind of screwed anyway. You put a lot of your assets into that. So you're just going all in on a big risk, (laughs) right? Like you made the risk. You might as well just go all in with it. And for a talent like him at 23 years old, you take the you take the risk. It's not it's not it's it's even completely different than like a KD being yeah. 30 and you know the Achilles and like He's you know eight what, years that, older. <laughs> yeah, taking a risk on that is different. A risk that Brooklyn and, and you know other teams would g- gladly do. But you're talking about a dude that was just an all star, you know, before he got hurt and a literally superstar potential at 23. You take the risk. Every time. Absolutely. All right, so let's uh, let's take another break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the fit around KP and Luca, and then uh, some other questions about the offseason in our review. review. All right, Isaac, so our last grade of the offseason, um, the fit around KP and Luca. This is just the moves that they made and how they did bringing in guys around around KP and Luca. And this is where I'm probably going to give them a, a better grade, too. I'll, I'll give them... I guess I'll give them an A because hmm. all the guys do fit around them, right? And they didn't do any – this is where if they added somebody that – like a Julius Randle that, you know, some people say is a really good fit, but he's going to take shots away from KP and Luka. And I want this full year to be about them and their chemistry and putting them together. I don't I don't think that they're guaranteed to make the playoffs, and so I just want this to be fully in on the development. They didn't add – like a Derrick Rose or somebody like that that's just going to come in and, and change the offense in a way that the Mavericks don't want, you know, the, the offense to be. They didn't do anything like that. Yes, I think I would go a B or B plus. Wow, this uh, is the mainly, this is the only one that that I'm higher on than you. Mainly because of this, because I think I think there are aspects that Seth and Delon bring that in, together would be like Malcolm Brogdon. And I think in a perfect fit world, we need Cuban to invest in the fusing of players, right? Like if we could just fuse yes. a couple of these players, right? Then then this would just be, that's what we need. Brokaw, so like Kenny Smith, DeLon Wright and Seth Curry. 
I'm confident in the DeLon Wright pairing. I think it'll be fine, and I think it'll work fine. But in a perfect world, perfect fit, DeLon Wright is a you know 39 percent you know three point shooter, and that's the that's the biggest worry when you look at like DeLon Wright and saying, man, what if he does step out there and shoot 30 percent from three this season, and people are you know just leaving him and double teaming Luca or KP and all that stuff. So yeah, I th- Malcolm Brogdon it would be that would have been like the perfect type of. You know, player who can shoot from the outside forty percent and play defense. because it's kind of the opposite with Seth. Like Seth's not horrible at defense, but he can shoot the lights out. But then you don't have the defense alongside Luca either. So I think they're both great pieces, and they'll both be fine. I just can't give it the A or A plus because it's not, it's not into like one player. You know, it's where it's not like a perfect fit. So I'll give it a B. You taking the plus off? You talked yourself out of the plus. B, B plus. Sign me up. All right, I'll go A minus. <laughs> so we're real close on that one. Uh, but I just think that those guys they they do fit. I mean they're they're not the perfect fits, um, but they also didn't do anything that's going to get in the way of what they're trying to do next year. And uh, and that's where I give them that grade. So uh, just to review. Improving the team, Isaac gave him a C plus. I gave them a C. Use of resources, Isaac gave him a C minus. I gave them a D. Length of contracts, amount of contracts, Isaac gave him an A minus, and I gave them a B. And then fit around Luca and KP, Isaac gave him a B plus, and I gave them an A minus. So we're really close on all these, but I'm a little yeah. lower on what the Mavericks did than you are. Yeah, we're close. We're very close. We talk every day. <laughs> and you guys listening probably listen to us every day. Okay, uh, and then now we have a couple of questions in the review of the offseason. The biggest concern after the offseason, the Mavericks have made all these different moves, and they didn't make a lot of different moves. What's the biggest concern for you now that everything seems to be done? I don't know if this is about a concern about the team moving forward, but just a concern at what just happened. And I guess my biggest concern is, did we miss the chance at the third piece? Yeah. And I know that we, I know we'll always have, you know, they'll always be calling up the trade market and all this stuff. They're good at trades and, you know, whatever. But, you know, right now, guaranteed money for next summer, which I know the free agent class is super low, but we're we're kind of right near that, <laughs> the, the salary cap already and guaranteed money for next summer, which... Like the Miami situation and other situations, this you know this past off season, if you need to clear money, you can clear money. That you know yeah. people can make that happen. But still, was this the chance to add the third piece in a league that now looks like it has all these duos? You know, because if you even you go across the league, you look at the you know we use the Lakers, whatever. You look at the Lakers, their third piece is Danny Green. You look at the Clippers, Kuzma. their third piece is what Lou Will. Danny Green's better than Kuzma, and you look at like. Lou, Will- <laughs> Lou Williams is that like their third piece? Yeah, Westbrook and yes. Harden, their third piece. Lou is Williams like, was what? almost an All Star last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not down it. I'm just saying, like these are, yeah, it, these is, are the these are the guys that matter. I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to do another video on this. I just did 11 players that need to take a leap, and that, it's kind of on that concept. The players that now that there are all these duos, you need another guy to give you that advantage. Like who's going to step up to give you an advantage? Who's going to take a leap? Like. Uh, for example, I use Kuzma as, as my guy. If, if Kuzma can take a leap next year and go into you know this next category being you know consistent scoring, like maybe twenty point score, he scored almost nineteen points a game last year. So if he can step up into that, then that's your advantage over a Clippers team. 
Uh, Lou Williams is your advantage over over another team like that because they all have two stars, right? Like it's just all yeah, these and teams. like Denver with Murray and Jokic, yeah. you know, then you have Gary Harris and Portland. Is it Rodney Hood? Is it Nurkic? Is Oof, it yuck. you know any of those guys in in Portland? You know, so like was this Dallas's chance to add? You know, if Luca and KP take this next big step. And like we think they will, and they take this big step forward, and they're one of the best duos or super fun all stuff. Was this a chance to add that third piece, whether it was a t- you know to, to where you honestly look across the league and say this is one of the best big threes in the league? If it is a Tobias, if it was a Kemba, or you insert you know one of those top players, uh, was that the route they should have went? I don't know. It can you win without the third piece for sure, but it's that's the thing that was this since they end up turning the cap space into them bringing their own players back in Maxi and Dorian and just using that cap space on those guys instead of an, another guy that that's just my biggest concern of, you know, are we going to look back two or three years from now and be like, man, I, what could have happened that summer? But anyway, yeah, that, that's a big concern too. Uh, it's a concern. I, I still lean on the camp that I don't think that they're, there were guys like that that wanted to come to Dallas for uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they had opportunity to trade for like Malcolm Brogdon was another one. He could have been the third piece, but the Ma- Mavericks just didn't have the first round picks to trade for him at this point. Uh, and so, yeah, I just don't, I, I don't think that there was guys like that that were available, uh, but st- it's still concerning. Obviously this, this could have been their opportunity to, and then, um, you know, next year when they're pretty much capped out, <laughs> you know, there's going to be some flexibility to add a rotation piece or something like that. But um, this is also the off season. Did this off season just change the NBA where just guys can just move around and the AAU culture where they can just be with play with whoever they want at any point. Can, can just any move be made at the drop of a hat? Paul George says, I want to go to the Clippers. They make it happen. Can that happen for anyone? I don't know if that can happen for every single player. I think some of these cases were just specific cases where teams were set up to do those things. The Clippers had, had, they had planned for this, right? Like they did all mm-hmm. last season, all these different moves that they made. Uh, somebody on Twitter sent me a, a trade that they're like, hey, can the the Magic trade Aaron Gordon to the Mavericks in the same way that the Clippers traded Tobias Harris to the Sixers on the same kind of pieces where it's like a couple, it's like a couple young guys, a first round pick and a bunch of seconds and things like that. And just these sort of spare parts for a star type player. And Man, the Clippers situation is just so specific. They they really gearing up all season to be able to make moves like this. They're gearing up and getting rid of you know Tobias Harris, the Blake Griffin obviously was a huge move for them to try and get cap space and then to try and get some assets in case they did have to trade for a guy like that. So they were trading away Tobias Harris in case that there was an opportunity for them to add that second star. And it turned out that that was there. So they traded away all those draft picks and some of them, they got in the Tobias Harris trade deal. Some of them they got in the Chris Paul and the Blake Griffin deal. They traded two draft picks that they got in those two deals to get Paul George. So trades like that are just not realistic anywhere else. (laughs) Right? So like, that's a very specific case. The Mavericks don't have that right now. They, they made their move, right? They made their big move to try and get, one of those big stars, and they got him. They got Porzingis. And so I don't know if the Mavericks now going forward, if there's like all of a sudden if some guy's like, yo, I want to go play in Dallas, if that can just happen right away, right? Like the Clippers were just so yeah. prepared for that to happen. Uh, the Rockets were just so prepared for that to happen. They just have all their first-round picks, and they're like, hey, let's just flip these two guys and get this other star. 
Uh, and they even and I think Dallas has per, you know, positioned themselves with the contracts that they sign. You know, with true, those guys. True. They. I don't know if they have. They need some of these guys to to start hitting right. Like they need a Justin Jackson to have like a breakout year where there's that's then your sweetener to send with a couple of these other yeah. contract guys. They they just don't have picks to send like that. It's kind of like them. you look at. You look at like the Chris Paul situation with the Clippers when he wanted to go to Houston and they wanted to pull off this mm-hmm. sign and trade. Houston had to have the contracts to send back. Now, man, in a in a in a in a lighter version of this, you know, could Dwight Powell and Seth Curry be our Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams for a situation like that moving forward? To where, hey, this player wants to sign and trade and come here. We have some of these contracts, you know, next offseason, wherever that we could trade. You know, they're under contract; they'll be under contract because that's what makes the Clippers so interesting uh, as a supporting cast. They traded Chris Paul for Lou Williams, and you know, which they end up resigning, but like Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell, and some of these like pieces. Patrick Beverly. That, yeah, Beverly, yeah, that were under contract. That were these good role players, and they brought them in there. That's a terrible trade. Now looking back, that's, that's oh man, that's it's, an, it's brutal. almost an all time awful trade because he immediately went on his decline. Like they did, they did get close with the Warriors twice, right? But man, he, they signed that huge contract, one of the worst contracts in the NBA. He started to decline. Three dudes that are still on the Clippers and are just this crucial part of the Clippers. They're gonna if they go win a title this year. And Lou Williams and Montrose Harrell in these, you know, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam type highlights where they're just showing yeah. these plays over and over again all the time. People are going to look back and say, dang, that Chris Paul trade is really bad. Chris Paul literally made the Clippers and Rockets better when he left that trade <laughs> from them. My concerning thing isn't a shot towards the Mavs. It's just... It's a situation where you might not ever have control. Like, what if a team only has one? Like, what if it's like the Nets and they've traded all their future first round picks, and it's like they have one season and one year in the lottery, and to where hey, we're gonna we're one of the five worst records in the league. This is our one shot at the lottery yeah. to get like the top pick in the draft, and they miss it. And it's not really their fault. It's just they missed that opportunity to where for the next two or three seasons, you're looking back and saying, man, was that our chance? Like, was that our opportunity to add a core piece to the franchise? So it's not I'm not saying that the biggest concern is a shot to the Mavs that they couldn't get one of those guys. I'm just saying there was an opportunity there and we didn't walk away from it, no matter the reasons from it. And it's just I wonder how we'll view that in a few years. Yeah, it'll be an interesting question. Favorite move of the offseason. I think mine is the DeLon Wright deal. I, I just really like that deal. I thought that was a great deal. Uh, hopefully, at some point, he be, he can become like a backup point guard. Uh, but he's a pretty good stopgap, you know, starting point guard that can defend. Uh, hopefully, he hopefully actually he improves to become a better three point shooter and a great fit next to Luca. Uh, but I just thought that was a great deal. Without that move, the offseason would have been very disappointing. <laughs> but they they <laughs> did get DeLon Wright and. Uh, Hopefully he uh, he improves his shot. That's 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 the big hope, right? I do I do love the Delonra, so I don't agree with you. I'll go with a different one. Um, it, it, you don't have to I, agree. It's your favorite deal, right? Like it's not wrong. <laughs> I do. Well, yeah, I do like the Delonra. I uh, this one I do like better. I guess I'll go with Maxi. I'm such a <laughs> I'm such a believer in in Maxi, and yes. my favorite move of you know we don't know if he talked with other teams and all this stuff. But the fact that we got that handled pretty quick and that we want him here, we believe in him, we've invested in him, and uh, I just think he's I think he's good. And I, I've 
yeah, I've, that's why I wanted to write about him this past year. I think he's improving. I think his shot will, will land and be consistent. And I just think he is a valuable piece moving forward. I, I like that deal a lot. Yeah, when we do, we're going to talk about my you know players that can take a leap video. Um, and we're going to talk about it in the sense of the Mavericks in a couple of days. But uh, when we do that, Maxi is going to be pretty high on my guys that could could take a leap. Like there's just things are setting up for him that if he can if he can improve his outside shot and uh, if the Mavericks maybe change their philosophy just a little bit, like he could be the starting center for the Mavericks. Yeah, I mean him and Dwight bring totally two different things. Yeah. But what I want him to where I think he can become crucial is it the last five minutes of the fourth, because I think he allows you as he develops, he'll allow you to put KP at the five and you put Max at the four. And I think he'll be quick enough to guard a lot of these fours. We've seen him, you know, try to defend these guys, you know, in the perimeter and some of these, you know, smaller ball fours. And we, I say the small ball four spot, but he's not small. I mean, he's like six eleven. So, and I, I think that's the role I want to see him develop into late in games. The final thing that we're going to look at today, what's one question you'd have for Donnie Nelson? So if we could get complete truth serum, which he'll, you know, he Cuban kind of hinted around to this, but you can, you know, he obviously could never say this fully out loud. How in the bag was Kimball Walker? Yeah. That that would be my question. That would be my one question to where if inject with truth serum, he had to tell, and because obviously you know, you know, not technically supposed to know, but how in the bag was Kimball Walker before Al Horford opted out? And because I just think that that I mean we think that that's what it was at this moment, but I think that would just explain so much of it that. If you were, if he was 100% leaving, which I mean, it looks like he was on the way out, and you factor in all the different stuff that was happening around that situation with Charlotte. If they thought for sure that they were getting him, then that just changes how they kind of approach things. And if they had heard from his agent, just back channeled that, hey, this is he wants it, and everything was lining up for it, and you thought it was happening, and then bam, Al Horford opts out, and there's some change of feelings. Uh, that would be my one question for Donnie. I think that would be my one question too. But since you did that one, I'll do another one. I w- hey, you can. I would want to. That would be my question. But 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 I don't want to waste our truth serum on the same question. Yes, I would want to go the Patrick Beverly route. How much did they like Patrick Beverly? And I, I have to do one question. It'd be a multi-tiered question. <laughs> How much did you like Patrick Beverly? And uh, did they offer something competitive to? to Beverly, right? Like, cause we don't know what, mm. what they had offered him or if they did, or if they, you know, I guess was Patrick Beverly realistic in any way? Because did he just go back to the Clippers and the, the Mavericks didn't, or did they, you know, there's just so many weird things around him where, you know, they missed the phone call with him and you're like, okay, well, what does that mean? Like, what did they, did the Mavericks not care as much or did Patrick Beverly just not care as much? And I would want to know that because it felt like a lot of smoke was around Patrick Beverly, but I think, like we and a couple media people, I think like we caused that a little bit, right? We talked about Patrick Beverly so much. Like there are so many media people that were just in love with Patrick Beverly and bringing him in. He would just be such a good story and such a good fit next to next to those guys. But were the Mavericks as enamored with him as we were? I think that's what mm. we want because that was it wasn't our love for Patrick Beverly wasn't sourced, right? Like <laughs> we knew that they're they're kind of into him, uh... but we knew they're into him. But we, we I mean we we talked about him so much. Right. Yes. 
We did talk. Yes. They obviously we, we talked talk about Danny about Green him. a lot. They obviously love Danny Green that much, right? Like that's obvious. But what about Patrick? Be- yes. What about Patrick Beverly? That's what I would want to know. It was a little bit of source, but we'll just leave it at that. Right. 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 But but, but how but, much but, was yeah, it? Yeah, to yeah. what extent? Yeah. How, yeah. 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 How how much yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure? Yeah. 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 So so what where Dallas sets right now? We're at fourteen guaranteed spots. Yeah. Dallas ended their summer league run over the weekend. Uh, they're done in Vegas. Summer league's you know done for them. It's wrapped up. I didn't even want to talk about this. It was such an embarrassing game. They just, I mean, they just didn't show up. I I, well, I believe it, yeah. that I believe that the Timberwolves were the team that were was in contract talks with Cameron Payne just so he wouldn't play so they could win that game. <laughs> um. Man, the Grizzlies are super fun to watch. Brandon Clark. Sorry. Brandon Clark. Man, we were right to be very high on him. Pelicans are looking fun too. Jackson Hayes and Alexander Walker. But anyway, um, real quick standouts from summer league. Obviously, Josh Reeves um, had a heck of a summer league. Super versatile defensively. His shot didn't look horrible. Uh, that was our biggest question mark going <laughs> he, into the summer. He hit that yeah. half court shot in the uh, the tournament game. Yes, it was a weird looking shot, but. Um, yeah, I mean, he stood out in Tony's Cleveland. We really hype him up a lot. We like him. Uh, Macon did okay. Costa struggled. <laughs> he definitely struggled in summer league and Roby, I thought just looked his age. I, I was impressed with him. Um, I think the biggest question mark now is who, who gets what contract wise, because with 14 guaranteed contracts, now you have a choice. You can you know you walk into the season with fifteen. You take twenty to camp. So you basically you take twenty to camp, and then you you know dwindle it down to fifteen. And then who gets the two two way spots? So that's where it gets really interesting. On do they sign Isaiah Roby to a just a second year deal, and he's your fifteenth you know player on the roster, and then you figure out your two way spots with Reeves, Macon, Costas. Cleveland, if you want to go that route, or do you put Roby in a two-way and you bring Reeves onto that spot, or do you sign a vet minimum guy uh, still on the market to that fifteenth spot, and then you have all those other guys compete for the two two-way spots? Is it Devin Harris? Is it Devin Harris? Like that? I mean, that's another thing. Do they use that fifteenth spot? Would they prefer to go a vet route and to have another veteran voice in the locker room? And then have like Roby and Reeves on two ways, or this is the ultimate fans versus team thing, the fifteenth spot, yes, right, where the fans always, one hundred percent, always want the young guy, always like, why can't we just yes. put Cameron Payne in the fifteenth spot and develop him? Why can't we just put Costas as the fifteenth spot? And just wouldn't he develop so much faster if he was on the you know the you know the the actual Mavericks instead of them? Like, why couldn't we just bring in? It's all these random like young guys that people talk about. Uh, like your your Kelly Oubre is like oh can we just bring in Kelly Oubre like, no Kelly Oubre is making thirty million dollars over the next two years and that is, <laughs> is way too yes. much, um, but the, I think teams go with the veteran guys I think teams want to bring in that that vet uh, if they have a vet team already like the Mavericks have then they'll bring in you know a younger guy with the fifteenth spot, but I think it's going to be a Devin Harris or a Sala Measure even I think that. One of those yeah, two th- guys. That's, that's, that's my guess. Is one of those two guys. Even I, even though they got centers, I mean, Porzingis goes down. Then what's your center rotation look like, right? You have two. Yeah. You have, you have Dwight, Max, Dwight, and Boban. Boban. Dwight and Boban. And I don't think they see Maxi as a five. So. Yeah. So that's 
if they go that route with that last roster spot, then you're looking at Roby, Reeves, Cleveland, Macon, Costas, all of those guys, you know, that's your five other spots, basically. Let's just say they sign Salah tomorrow, and that's your 15th yeah. spot. Then you hand those other five camp invites to those five guys and say, hey, you guys are competing for two two-way spots. Yep. They're all open. and Yeah, and it's completely open. And if I had to pick, I think I would go Roby and Reeves, even though I really like Antonius Cleveland. Um, but... Yeah, we'll see. And the thing about the two-way spots is they're created, you know, pretty much for Yogi Ferrell, right? Like he he was a guy yeah. that the Nets really liked, but he was on their team and they didn't have they, the two-way spots weren't there, so they had to just put him on the G League team because they needed a roster spot for something. I can't remember what it was specifically. And then the Mavericks just signed him away because they needed a point guard, and then he ended up you know playing really well for the Mavericks, and now he's the Kings. Uh, but then they created these two-way spots so you could protect guys like that that you know that you wanted to keep on the roster that other teams can't sign away. So if they don't put Roby on one of those two-way, two-way spots or on the 15th spot in the roster, he could be signed away, right? Yeah, I mean if they don't, yeah, yeah. If, I mean if they don't sign him to a contract, so yeah, I mean they got to sign him to some type of contract they want to keep him. I think they do. So that's yeah, that's just the route that you gotta. Well, we'll see what they you know. Going back to like Roby's case, not all second rounds, second round picks want that. We just saw Carson Edwards get like a four year deal from you know from Boston, and now he killed it in summer league and got like I mean a decent chunk of change, like a, a pretty good contract for a second round pick. Uh, Taylor Horton you know, Tucker Roby, just got a pretty good contract for a second round pick. Yeah, like it's different to where you had like somebody like uh, Brunson step in, you know, last year. He's immediately getting that, you know, getting the money. Yeah. He was setting stuff like that, you know, completely different. Two second round picks with completely different roles. Like they, Brunson was ready day one and got his contract. Hey, he's going to be part of the rotation. Bam, Roby is kind of a more of a project, a little bit different type of situation. So. We'll see. Uh, we don't know. We don't know what they're going to do at that last spot. They can still entertain the trade market, but um, yeah, as of now, this is where Dallas sets. They're over the cap. They're under the tax line right now, uh, but over the cap, and 14 guys under contract, and they could take this whole – they don't even have to fill that 15th spot. They could yep. say, hey, let's let's get another – You know, let's fill out our six camp invites at that point and say – one of y'all is fighting for a roster spot. You know, two of y'all will get a two-way and go from there. So we'll see. Yep, and buyouts will be there. I mean, if the Mavericks are making a playoff run, they might want to add one of these buyout guys, and you know, you need a roster spot for that. So we'll see. And if you use if you use the trade exception, then you you yeah. need that <laughs> roster spot. Let's say OKC calls up and say, hey, we'll give you a first to take on Andre Roberson, his ten million dollar contract. You slide Roberson into that that trade exception. But then that's obviously a roster spot too, and that's your 15th spot. So if you want to use the trade exception to bring somebody into that, you got to have a roster spot too. Yes. There you go. So that's our offseason overview. Let us know what you think. Uh, obviously, we know you'll let it, you'll know if uh, you disagree with us. You'll let us know. We know that. Uh, you can tweet us at LockdownMavs, at Nick Van Exit, at Isaac L. Harris. All right, guys, if you've made it this far. <laughs> we've got we, we so for those of you that are just joining us like if you just joined us within this last you know uh like free agency dash or whatever we just did lockdown yeah. maps or, or lockdown podcasts are supposed to be 
like 28 minutes, right? Like that's that's yeah. the end of 25 to 30. Minutes. That's the network standard and we do not apply to, we do not uh, oblige to that all the time. We've gotten lots of emails about it and now we just we don't care because it's this time of year and uh we're just bringing the con- we're just doing as much content as we possibly can because we know that you guys like it and I think it keeps people around and people like it. Uh, because they're work, they're at work or whatever, and just to get a pod every single day, I think, I think we do a disservice if we we don't give as much as we can to a topic. Um, yes, and so that's that's our philosophy on it. Obviously, we will do you know thirty minute podcasts every once in a while, but if we can go longer, we just might as well do it. So, uh, yeah, we've we'll gone we've go gone above and beyond right now. So this is our rambling part of the podcast. <laughs> Well, over the past week, I feel like over a week now, we ever since the the USA Women's World Cup team um, won the World Cup, Nick and I just randomly on the pod said, man, we've both wanted, been wanting to get into soccer more, and we wanted to pick uh, an English Premier League team. And this has been like our thing. So we put it on Twitter and like hearing these pitches from these different teams. Cause it's like, we know some players, but for the most part, we're just learning. We want to get into it and to watch it with the season starting in August. So we nailed it down the three and it was Arsenal and Everton and Chelsea and people. One thing I have learned over the past, like a few days is what, who, after we pick, there's going to be people so mad. Cause I've had people write me and saying if you pick Everton or Chelsea one of those two uh, we're done following on you. both like sides. we're done I'm like on both sides and I'm like holy crap like some of the most extreme things ever like yeah it's it's been it's been super fun but anyway this is where we're gonna land and this is where uh this is where my heart has lied and it's it's not um it's lied no, that's not the right word. This is where we have landed <laughs> in our fan free agency with soccer. We're going to be fans of Chelsea. And here's the thing. A lot of people are, some people got super upset that Chelsea's in this, in this top three for us, but you got to look at it from our perspective. We do not one. We have to see a team that is going to be on TV. <laughs> and my, one of my biggest fear because or else I'm not going to be into it. Yeah. I want to, I want this to sustain. I wanted to pick an underdog and say, Oh, that's my team. West Ham. Let's go. But if I don't know people and, and like, if I don't know them and they're not going to be on TV and they're not going to be like decently good, then I'm, I know I'm not going to, it's, being across the pond, if we want to say, it's going to be really hard for me to get into it for the very first time. So uh, that's, I'm trying to think of an NBA equivalent of like somebody, like somebody texting me or somebody overseas saying, Hey, I want to get into the NBA. And they're like, Hey, I just don't know what team to, you know to get into. And I'm like, all right, you know what team you should, you should root for Cleveland. And you know that would suck because Cleveland's not on national TV. They don't have anybody good. They're not going to be good for years. Oh, so shots. huge shots. That so anyway, I really liked a lot of things with Everton, but the Chelsea thing with the American player who's like the new sensation. I haven't had like an American soccer player to like roof. Uh, Tim Howard was like my favorite guy, and that played into my Everton um, debate too. But the Christian Pulisic. Uh, probably just said his name wrong. I think it's but Pulisic. Uh, Pulisic. 
Yeah. See, I don't know. Pulisic. Pulisic. Christian Pulisic. Anyway, he. <laughs> I gotta be a fan of him. I can't root against him. I'm super hyped for him. I have one of my only player tees from when I've been to Brazil a handful of times. Um, is David Luiz? He's on Chelsea. Somebody te- somebody uh, tweeted at me and said, "Hey, he sucks now." I'm like, I don't care if he sucks. I just really like him. I've always liked him. And Willian, he's on the team. So. And the you know they're a Nike school, so that's a plus. They're normally in the Champions League, so the, we want to experience that and have fun with that when they play somebody like PSG and these uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid and all of that. Um, so anyway, and just a small added bonus: if I ever get to travel over there, I realize I'm probably going to travel to London and probably not going to go to Liverpool. I'm just going out on a limb. I don't know if I will, but I know at least if I go to the UK, I'll probably go to London. And Chelsea being in London, I would get to go to their like field and all this stuff. So I've heard a lot about their their owner being some like Russian mob boss or something. I don't know. I mean, I just don't know anything about that, but that's not going to sway me. I don't like LeBron. So obviously I've just never picked in Liverpool. But anyway, that's where we stand. They have cool jerseys. They're Nike. I said that before. Um, we're going to be Chelsea fans. And for as long as we can keep up our fandom. Or at least try. I'm gonna try. I already went to my like DVR my TV and like <laughs> recorded Chelsea games, and so I'm gonna try so hard. But yeah, if you are a Chelsea fan, let me know so and tell me like some Twitter accounts I need to follow, yeah. or is there like an SB Nation site, you know, <laughs> or a Locked On Chelsea? I don't know. <laughs> you know that's coming. You know that's coming. He's gonna hear this and be like, "Oh, you guys wanna." No. Now I need a jersey. I don't know. I like Everton though. I was really close. It was between them two, but I I only knew one player for Everton and this Richarlson, Richarlson, uh, this Brazilian guy, and I just I didn't know if they're gonna be. Yeah, I just didn't, I don't. I couldn't do it. So we're going with Chelsea. Calls homers. I don't care. Uh, but homers we just for get what? This it. is a London team. I, we're just picking a random UK team. Like there, there are positives uh, and negatives on both sides. Where you could go, oh, why did you guys choose that team? I mean, for every single one of these clubs. Also, some some people are saying they just lost their best player, so they could be entering a, a rebuild. I don't know. So yeah, this is the other thing. We don't know anything, right? Like this is where no, we're coming we in. We're, we're, we don't even know how to pronounce the best player's name. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're learning, and that's why we just wanted to dive in. And we're guys that we have to. We have to like a you know a team first and then dive into it before you know we can just like watch random games. I won't be as invested if I don't have a team or a player or something like that. Yes, and fully enjoy my tweet. I'm gonna like tweet out some great things. Like I know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm gonna tweet out and be like, "What a great move by the right center back." I mean, solid move. <laughs> is that what do you like? Is that what they even dr- call them? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's like there it was an RCB on FIFA one time, and I think that's what it was. I gotta get back into FIFA now and play with Chelsea and like put my creative player on there. We need to we need to do like uninformed an uninformed soccer segment on the podcast. Yes, uninformed. We just don't know anything. So anyway, yeah, all the Chelsea fans, let us know all the stuff that we needed to know, and uh, everybody else, you can hate us. It's fine. We don't care. Yeah, I yeah, it it just doesn't mean you know. I hope it means a lot to me to me one day, but I'm trying. There you go. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom.